0: Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris, the heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful, let your hair Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And the series is called Thankfully Living Your Why. And the episode is called Dreams Living Reality. But before we get there, Doc, how the hell are you? Good. Okay, what's good?
1: The stir fry I'm eating is I, delicious. I you,
0: you're actually sharing with our audience that you're eating stir fry while we're on the air. We're we're not even a minute in, and we're already off the rails. No, well, we're not. that's a human need. Yeah, I understand that's not a human need, but I mean, I, I guess I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, uh, so
1: what do you think about dreams? Well, a lot. Dreams two times have changed my life. Really? But you're probably okay. thinking about oh one day I dream of being that kind of dream or last night you ain't gonna believe what I dreamed. Which one? Mm,
0: it, take a pick. That's that's the whole point of the the title Dreams Living Reality.
1: Well, in 1988 when I was a, a young buck of 26, you know I had that dream about the game show called Um, apology accepted and it ended up and I pushed it after I woke up and ended up being the first person in the world with that business that's what landed me in people magazine and then I wrote a song about dreams it's not on the album but it's what got me the, the, the record deal and it was a movie theme song and it's called dream it was for a movie called the almighty so and that which led to the record deal which you know oh there it is for those who cannot see. That's all of you. Yeah. yeah so dreams shameless plug to dreams nowhere, are, whatsoever. Yeah. Well, sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> dreams, though, just in a nutshell, my life wouldn't be the same without them. It's a real thing. It's a real place.
0: You know, for me, it it's a word that I've I've always found very irritating. Um, and and I think the reason why I found it so irritating was because You know, and this was before I met the guests that we have today. Um, My, you know, my vision has changed in that regard, but, you know, I'm very much about words. And when I think about dreams, I think about a space of, you know, just seeing something or believing something, but it not coming into fruition. Mm. And I really ate a lot of humble pie when I got invited to an event that was called Dinners with Dreamers and we'll get more into that later. But when I was thinking about today's title, for me, it was like, okay, how can I tie this in for the people out there that are like, you know, more like me in the sense of like the, the beers or, or you know, skeptical about the word dream and stuff like that. And so dreams absolutely can live in reality. And I just, I really thought that that was a, a, a cool approach to be able to take to this topic because what this person is doing, um, are, are literally turning dreams into reality. Um, right. and, and it's just an exciting thing, but the series is called thankfully living your why. Right. And, um, if this person wouldn't have went through what they went through then it wouldn't have came into fruition for what they're doing now and, and how it involves dreamers and things of that nature. So with that being said, how many friends do you have that are divorced? Who, me?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it's not like, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are single, but I never ask them, were you ever married? I, I don't really know. It's um, a good question. I mean, tons of people are. Look at the stats. Yeah, 50. I think
0: it was last time I looked at it it was like there's a 50% divorce rate in the United States.
1: Well, can I say one thing before we go on about the dream thing?
0: No, sure. Of course.
1: Because, you know, I'm a wordologist and my gift is I see things in pictures. And so... I mean, think about it, the Jiminy Cricket song, when you wish upon a star, when you wish, and all your dreams go through. What if you switch that word out for, because dream is manifesting. A dream mm, is just- Now we're
0: getting somewhere. It yeah, is. Oh.
1: It is, yeah. a dream is a, a road to manifestation. I can say that because every time it's showed up in my world, something came out the other end that I can touch. It's not like I woke up and it wasn't there. It came in this world. It's still here with me. I have had things from dreams last longer, way longer than things I went out and purchased. Those things fell apart and this, but the things that come through your dreams, in many cases, I believe anyway, they last forever.
0: No, I, I, I like that seed of manifestation, Like I never would have, I never thought of it that way. You know, I, I always thought, you know, dreaming was just an excuse to not be doing or not being, you know, what you're intended to be. Mm -mm. But, but of course with our guest, and then of course now through the enlightenment of you, remember the whole premise of our show folks is do we judge a book by its cover? And I think we're uncovering that the cowboy here definitely has passed some judgment on the word dreams And kind of, you know, what it means or the multiple meanings that it could be able to have. What's the craziest dream that you ever
1: had? Was it about me? Oh my goodness. No, it wasn't you, but close because it involved me being um, trapped inside of a rodeo bunkhouse. And I think that's all I can divulge. In case it's family Honestly, hour, I,
0: I think that's all you need to divulge. Like yeah. I, I think imaginations
1: should run run wild from that. But so. that dream was probably because of something I ate, or either that I binge watched *Brokeback Mountain*.
0: Yeah, that was a, that was a great movie. What? That that was a great movie. You think that was a great movie? You. Oh, I'm, oh my God! Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger's performance in that was unbelievable. Okay, but how many times did you vomit in your mouth? You know, I don't think that it's necessarily a vomit experience that I have. I think it's more of a desensitization uh, episode or a shock value that I have because it's not—it's not commonplace,
1: right? Did you see that movie in the theater, or did you watch it in the privacy of your own home?
0: Um, I actually took a date to go see it in the theater because I thought it was going to be about cowboys. Because a lot of the oh, a lot of the, the promo stuff that they showed um, really didn't articulate that particular uh, part of the movie. <clears throat> so, um, but man that that scene with Jake Gyllenhaal when he, when he gets beat to death in Mexico yeah. like yeah. that was
1: yeah. It's crazy. But I can actually, now that I thought about it, I can tell you where I don't like dreams, where I didn't in my life. And that was when I went to the, to the, um, hypnotherapist, the one who told me, see yourself in People magazine, which led to the dream of apology accepted. But before I got to that dream, she told me, you're going to have purging dreams where you kick out, a bunch of shit that doesn't serve you, things that, from trauma and whatever, and they will be most likely like nightmares or night terrors, and they won't make any sense, but let them come through. And she was so right, because like two days later, I had a dream that I was being chased by a giant caterpillar that had like 14 heads. And I was like, well, what the hell was that? But three days later after that, I woke up with what became the world's very first apology service.
0: Man, that, that's very interesting how I, I'm i sitting here and I'm thinking, so when I'm writing a song, I see pictures, yeah. right? Usually I see the hook first and I'll see like in frames of of a music video of sort of like how I write the song. So I guess you could equate that to daydreaming, but I can't really recall a dream dream that I had that then manifested into reality. I mean, well. it's very much a vision person, but, you know, Here's I look why. at vision a little bit different than dreams.
1: Well, see, vision, see, there's so many words that are similar. Yeah. I think, like, for instance, um, like you said, oh, manifestation, uh, dream, but then you, you can put the word Imagine in there, how do you, can you imagine what this song will be like when so-and-so performs it? Can you imagine what it'll feel like when this song hits number one? You're dreaming, you're manifesting, you're hoping. You know, dreams, in many cases, dreams that become reality, I believe that they were pushed down the road of purpose through a vehicle known as hope, Mm. you know? Because if you're dreaming, you you haven't lost hope
0: yeah i think that's beautiful um i i want to turn the tide a little bit um imagine that your your dream girl or your dream man you know. or your dream spouse what, whatever it is you mm-hmm. know get get your tickle um you that dream is shattered so to speak you know mm. how, how do you how do you find that place of where to go next and and what kind of stereotypes are over 50% or 50% of the United States facing. And it's interesting because, you know, me and my little laptop um, Mm. or my iPad, although I don't want to give them, you know, too much love because I'm not, I'm an Android guy. But anyways, I digress. Lessons from the end of marriage.com says five damaging divorce stereotypes. And it was interesting because I wanted to key in on these such as the spouse that initiated the divorce is a quitter. Right. Um, let's see, what's another one. The partner that wanted a divorce isn't hurting, uh, the spouse who left must have deserved it. Right. So these are the kinds of things that, that, that people have to face either from their peer group or strangers or just from the when they hear the word divorce, right? And yeah. so the whole purpose of our show is being understood, not necessarily agreed with. Do we judge a book by its cover? So Doc, what what do you think about that? What you know, what do you think anything resonate with you on those?
1: Duh, yeah. You know, I'm married to it. A- a, a relationship therapist, right. and one of the things that my husband said that really stuck with me back in the early days when we first got together was that he um you know he sees so many people who invest so much of their time and journey and energy into looking for Mr. or Mrs. Wright mm-hmm. instead of investing that energy into becoming Mr. or Miss Wright, because if you don't work on yourself. And the perfect person is standing two inches from you. They're not going to recognize you as Mr. Right if you haven't developed and grown into that person. And so I believe it comes down to a lot as far as divorces and things. People change. They don't share the change. They don't speak up when things are outside of the boundaries. Um, They don't want to rock the boat or they stay together for the kids or whatever it is. But what it boils down to is this. They're no longer, if they ever were, evenly yoked. You know, that's a biblical term. And when you think about it, because, you know, people move in their careers and some people feel like they're being left behind or things change. But when you're not evenly yoked, think about what that means. You have those, you know, you, you're into animals and farms and all that. When you put the yoke on the oxen, it's to accomplish a task, to you know, do these rows and make them straight and haul this whatever. They have to work in tandem. But if you had a yoke where half of it was three feet up there and the other one, it's not, how they'll get no work done because they cannot work together. So when people, they may begin evenly yoke, but one person grows while the other one stays because of trauma or whatever. Priorities are different. And as that, as that one person changes, so must their yoke or they'll be strangled and no one.
0: I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's a point to be made that, uh, that there's a, the, the, the whole idea behind it is that there's a lot going on with, with both parties when that relationship ends. And it's so easy for folks to just sort of play Monday morning quarterback and, and also sad because the responsibility of the people that are divorced feel like that they owe something someone else before they're looking at, you know, themselves and reflecting on what's going to be the next step for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. uh, I I mean, I've I've seen it myself through, you know, situations that I went through mm -hmm. Um, and and it, and it's just it's just a very odd thing that seems to linger too well, that,
1: that there's not necessarily that specific closure you know. Well, I'll tell you one thing: I wish divorce had a stigma attached to it, like so many other things that shouldn't have stigmas. Because when I was an event planner, you know, before this career, I had an event I had an event planning career for twenty some years, and I and I. I'll never forget that uh, time I was in a, um, a discovery meeting with a mother and daughter. And the mother was on her fourth husband. I knew that going in because the mother's the one who called and booked me. But when they came in and I looked at the bride and I go, so tell me, we'll call her Tiffany. So tell me, Tiffany, what have you always dreamed for your wedding? And she goes, I kid you not. Well, Lauren, I always hoped that for my first wedding, I would have, and I was looking at her like she had six heads. I was like, what in the world? Does she even realize that she just said her first wedding? How can you go into that and call it your, it should be your only wedding, wouldn't you think? So what my point is, is it's not not unusual for people to even go into a marriage knowing that, yeah, well. I can walk out of any time I want yeah. to. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's great. So before we go to break, choosingtherapy.com, just to give you know some of our listeners out there who may be in that infancy part of that, uh, mm. these are important things that you do um, for dating after divorce. Make sure that you grieve your loss, mm. give yourself time to heal, recognize where things went wrong in your marriage, take it slow, and identify you want what you want in a new partner. Um, and, and there's, you know, it goes on and on and on, but I think there's some very interesting ones. The last one I wanna mention before we go to break is, have a safety plan, right? It's so important that when you're in that emotional state to, to make sure that you're thinking about number one, no matter what kind of pressures that you may be facing uh on from the outside or from the inside out we'll be back right after this hey y'all this is cowboy jacks i just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeating relationship conversation in this space right here your product your service your message let's ride Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lorne Michaels-Harris. And this series is called Thankfully Living Your Why. And today's episode is called Dreams Living Reality. Before we get our guest in here, you got a little ditty on him, Doc?
1: Yeah, I was just writing a note down. Something I want to mention to our guest when he gets in here. And, da da Is that ditty enough? Okay, Kyle Sailors. Director of Films, Producer of Documentaries, International Explorer. First time I've ever read that in a bio. International Explorer. Warrants being said twice. And founder of Dinner with Dreamers. I want in of which he has shared dinner with over, get this, 7,000 people in the last seven years. He likes that number seven projects have been distributed by Netflix, Amazon Prime, NBC, Universal, CBS, ABC, Fox, Sony, and many more. Now I'm going to just add to that. Can you, you went to one of those dinners, didn't you? Oh, I, I have a whole story with Dinners with Dreamers. I love that name. It makes me wonder. What? I want to meet every one of those 7,000 people. Dinner with Dreamers? That's a yeah. brilliant idea. I'm, too bad we're on the air. I'd say I'd steal that. All right. Let's get that Texan in here. Kyle?
2: Hey,
0: howdy. It? It? <laughs> right. What's going on, sir? How's it going? we're doing good. Good. So, you know, the doc and I, we sort of have a rite of passage when we get our guest in here, um, because we know you've been listening this whole time backstage. And a lot of what happened was is, is you went through a specific event, you know, divorce that then led to you to end up having dinner with 7,000 people, uh, all over the world. So, with some of those tips or some of those stereotypes, can you walk our listeners through a little bit of of what that was like, that initial sting, and 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 how you know how you were dealing with that internally, and what you would have maybe hoped for differently from the people around you, if anything?
2: I I mean, probably first was I didn't I never even thought about divorce. Like it was never in my vocabulary i I just it never even crossed my mind like and so I was somewhat oblivious i guess though in fact, I thought I was pretty much having a i thought life was getting pretty good <laughs> so i uh, I definitely didn't it was like that that one of us is going in a different way than somebody else and not even realizing when you're yoked and you know like in the in the form of you know what a yoke in the oxen is is you know they're they're right there side by side. And so, anyway, um, that was that was pretty much it. It was kind of this came out of nowhere, and it was evidently a long time in the making. But I wasn't aware of this. It was not like the communication was there. So whenever it hit, it was just kind of like it all crumbled overnight. But I didn't know that. So anyway, it was interesting because um, as um, as you go through that, you don't know like everything you had on the books. Your brain is just like you know like wiped out and like what what's going on you know and then everything you look at you know like everything you thought was wasn't so i was sitting there at christmas time and this is after the divorce now one thing i did different that i probably say that probably very few people have ever have done is whenever i realized like i'm not gonna I, i was like we went to some counseling and some stuff and she was still trying to i was like i'm not if you're not happy I'm not going to try to force you to stay into something that you're not happy with. You know, if you got some path, but I said, I said, from this point forward, we are never going to have an argument again in our life. And, and I was like, my parents went through a bad divorce and 25 years later, they couldn't have a conversation, you know, barely. It was awkward. And I was just like, that's not going to happen. So like, we just made, I made a decision. I'm not going to fight with you about anything. And I'm going to, and it was, it was probably odd thing, thing, but like uh, at the same time, and it's true, like I, that was probably eight years ago now, never once had a single argument with her from that moment. And so we just made, I made a decision. It's not going to be a bad divorce. And so I'm not going to try to force you to change your mind. I'm not going to try to. And so it, in some ways it was maybe my way of coping. I don't know. I'm, I'm the hyper optimist. So, uh, when you're a hopper optimist, you just always look at the good side. So I thought, well, so here's here's what we did that probably no one has ever done. Uh, we were already planning on, she was going to move to Texas and and I was going to, I had a media conference in Florida I was going to. And so we. it was on our ninth wedding anniversary when she was basically going to leave. And I was like, well, I was like, why don't we just go ahead and celebrate our wedding anniversary? The way we were planning to. And then after it's over, you go your way and I go mine. And that's what we did. And <laughs> we went to Chattanooga and we went around and we had a beautiful hotel and a steak dinner and went touristing. And it was an amazing day. And it was maybe that's a denial. I don't know what it is, but whatever it was, I think it helped in the healing process of like, you know, I'm not going to become a hatred person or let it hate build my life full of hatred or resentment or this or that because something didn't go the way i thought and and so but later that year in christmas time and then this leads into dinner dreamers i was sitting there and it you know it's kind of settling in that was in july and it's kind of settled in that like you know we would always have a christmas party with all our friends over and i was sitting there on the couch and i was thinking like why in the world did all this happen and and the reason i bought this beautiful log cabin on the lake was to down and have kids you know and that's not gonna happen now and at that moment i had probably one of the most definitive epiphanies but it really was simple it was just invite your friends over and um
0: and so, so so before we before we get to the dinners and dreamers, because I, I want to dedicate a whole segment to that. I want to back the car up a little bit as the doc would say. So you said that you're a a I think you said a, a hyper realistic optimist or something like that. There was a specific phrase.
2: Just a copper optimist. I don't if something bad happens in life, I think uh it was you know, what am I learn from it? Move on. Like I don't if something bad happens, yeah, I might be sad for like Five to ten minutes, and then I never think about it again. I mean, it could be something I worked on a year, and it falls through, and five minutes later. And some people think like, "Well, that's you know, you you're not." <laughs> I don't know. I just like okay, that didn't work like I thought. All right, let's move on let's, what else. You know, pivot. Yeah. Or send
1: me some. Did, of that
0: is that something that was uncovered in therapy, or is that something like you looked up, or like how were you able to come to that that terminology and that behavior about yourself?
2: Just the way I when I was a teenager i read books uh i hated school i I wasn't really good at school like i didn't but i love reading like you know like life stories and so like i'd read books like uh you know abraham lincoln you know biography or or this or that and i realized like anybody that's going to do something great in the world almost everyone went through an immense amount of failure to get there so in my mind as a teenager. I thought, okay, I've got to fail a lot to get to something great. So whenever I failed, I didn't see it as like bad. I thought like, oh, this is awesome. I'm one step closer. Like you know, so it and that's just kind of like my whole life. I never really thought of anything different. I was just like, sweet, that didn't work. All right, don't do that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that didn't work, Doc. I Doc, I saw you shaking your head. Um, did something resonate with you there, or do you have like a question or something that you wanted uh-huh. to?
1: I'm just sitting here listening and trying to put myself in Kyle's shoes. And yeah. I'm wondering, because, you know, I just had my, this is divine timing, just had my fifth wedding anniversary Friday. Yay. And, you no, know, I'd I've been, been alone my, my whole life. I'd only dated once in my 20s. And it was like four months. And I waited because I'd said I'd rather spend the last five minutes of my life with my everything than my whole life with anything. And and so now I have that. But so much of my day to day dreaming is, you know, when we retire, we're going to have a bed and breakfast. Brian's going to have a little shop in it. I'm going to do all the cooking and this that, and the other. And we're going to live on the water and I'm going to do events there. People will come and get married. And I thought, well, what if something ever happened? Which you won't. And I'm ringing the bell. They are making, lock that in. I ain't knocking on wood. I'm ringing the bell of purpose. But I'm just saying, because I know Kyle, didn't you guys talk about those twilight years, those golden years, how you guys were going to ride off into the sunset, That's how many kids we were going to have. And then when it's over, how, because I just now sitting here was going, what if those things weren't available? All those dreams of later. And I started to get sad. My eyes started to well up automatically. So, Kyle, how do you unsee those dreams of down the road when the person exits?
0: Well said.
2: I, uh, you know, that's
1: a good question. I don't. Maybe I never thought about it. Maybe that's
2: why I've <laughs> not been impressed uh, yeah. about it. But uh, the, uh, I think what- you can thank
1: me for that now. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> Let
0: the depression begin. Go ahead. That's the uh, that that's the effect that the doc has. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're not the first, Kyle. Trust. No, go ahead. For real.
2: I'll always think like if something bad happens, like uh, that that it was a it's something you can learn from. Like whatever it is bad that happens in life, so like it it reset my standards. So, oh, what you said earlier to become who you you wanted that that that's what happened to me so like my we did go to a counseling session i don't know if i should say this or not but oh well whatever <laughs> i right. never hear it anyway so uh, but we went to a counseling session and basically she had already been her counselor and i don't know if it was for validation or whatever but i was like yeah I'll, i'm in you know let's do it whatever we gotta do and uh because i didn't give up on it i was still like you know but i was like I'm not going to force somebody. I don't believe in free will. People can do.
0: Well, you said nine years, right? Like nine years of your life was in this. It wasn't like a, a flash in a pan of like, you know, six months, eight months. Like, yeah, that you know, that's almost a decade of your life yeah. with this person.
2: And so like we went to the counselor and she said, write down the 10 top things that you like in this. And then write down what you like in the other person. You know, like what, what is it you like? Now write down the 10 things that make you want to. Hate them or whatever, you know, like this. So anyway, we came back and, and she basically said, um, she goes, uh, she looked at it and she handed her her 10 items. And she said, she threw it in the air and said, I'm not counseling you. You don't have problems. You have a choice to make. And, uh, and so it was kind of like, (laughs) you know she goes I deal with people with real problems this is not problems this is a choice and uh, and so she threw it
0: in for our listeners just to be clear Kyle was saying that the counselor in this exercise between him and his wife at the time was like hey folks like this isn't that big of a deal. Like, why are you here sort of thing and and was frustrated, right? Like there wasn't like those major deep issues that were going it, on. Well,
2: it was stuff that didn't merit like why you went this path to the, you know, like, and it was targeted toward her. And so see, it didn't, I, I think maybe, I don't know. But anyway, so what I did when all this kind of fell apart, what I did is I took that and I said, okay, I'm going to make a list And I'm going to make like, what is the girl that I'm looking for? Like in every way. So I made a list of all these items. This is like, you know, a page. And then what I did is I took that list. I said, okay, if this woman exists, what is she looking for? What is her list? So I wrote down everything that she would be looking for. And then I threw away the list of what I was looking for. And I said, okay, this is what I'm going to try to become. So if and it was just like what you said. If I ever meet this girl, this is what she's looking for. That's who I want to be. And so it was a, it it was like this is my target. I'm not worried about if if whatever it was, however it happened, whatever's gone, whatever I failed, you failed, she failed, whatever. Like in the future, I'm going to become this person. And so it wasn't. Then it stopped me looking backwards, and I was like, who am I going to become instead of? And I didn't date for years, really. I mean, like, and I was all focused on, man, I started, you know, like I took up and I never in my life. I'm from Texas, you know, like I I went to a ball. She had said one time, you know, well, you know, you promised you'd take me ballroom dancing. You never did. So I was like, well, I'll go take a. Now, I didn't know. I just thought like, you know, you go take a lesson. Uh, I took a ballroom dance lesson and uh, it was like something I didn't even tell nobody, none of my friends, anything. I'm like, oh, I'm over here. And I made a whole circle of friends in the ballroom dance community. And I did it for a year and a half until I literally won a, uh, a championship. <laughs> like they had a <laughs> and I won my heat of my level after a year and a half. And then that was it. I was like, and they were like, wasn't that fun? You want to do it again? I was like, no, I'm done. I was like, I'm, I'm and, uh, i like, and I, it was just an accomplishment, but it, but it opened my mind. It gave me confidence back. It changed, it challenged me in a new area. So I did all these things to just like, how do I grow as a person? And all this was really in, in coincident with the dinner dreamers. And, and, but that was in a separate world. Like I had a whole separate group of, I had probably 50 friends over here that are completely opposite, just normal people that, that just like to dance. And and I made a whole new community of friends, a hundred percent opposite of all my other friends, you know, in the entertainment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we got we got to go to break, but when we come back, you guys have heard this Dinners with Dreamers in the bio. You've heard this Dinners with Dreamers mentioned by Kyle Saylors multiple times. You will not believe what this man was able to manifest after his divorce or because, thankfully, he's living his why after going through this traumatic experience. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. Hey. And the series is called Thankfully Living Your Why. And the episode is Dreams Living Reality. And we're about to get to this amazing point of why we chose the title with us for our, with our guest today, Mr. Kyle sailors. Kyle, you said so much in such a short period of time in that last segment. And one of the things I wanted to get back to um, that was mentioned by uh, choose therapy.com was that safety plan. And it sounds to me like, as you were going through this process of, being brokenhearted and and depression and probably anxiety and a whole bunch of other things, you know, grieving that loss. You were putting that safety plan together, and part of that safety plan was not looking back, but who you wanted to become, and it included, you know, becoming a ballroom dancer and all this other kind of stuff. Why don't you walk us into the moment that you knew what dinners with dreamers was was going to be for you and why it ended up being a part of that plan and then briefly explain to us what dinners with dreamers is.
2: Okay. So yeah, I didn't want to become a ballroom dancer. I did it almost out of spot for like, I'll, I will, (laughs) I will, uh, I will do something that, that, and so it's funny. Here's another thing. Before when I had my like 30th birthday, I think it was, we had it in Dallas and I invited like a hundred of my friends I had a lot of friends in Dallas. And uh, and two people showed up, you know, like like two of my friends.
0: And so it was funny. She would <laughs> so always, not everything is big in Texas, huh, Mister Sailors?
2: <laughs> he would always make fun of me of, for like no one ever. So if I'm filming a movie or something and I need some extras, like none of my friends would ever show up. Like I I literally couldn't get anybody to come to anything. And so she had always make she would say you are never planning a party because nobody will come like nobody so she would always make fun of me for that so it's kind of the irony of what happened so i'm sitting there at christmas and i was like i had this like epiphany uh invite five friends over so i thought of five people and i thought who are the most like people that have like crazy lives like they've done incredible things in their life and i and i just i somebody popped in my head and i called them. i was like hey what are you doing the weekend after new year's because you know nashville's so busy so anyway and then as somebody else I called like five people one of them was a country music artist and he goes "Dude if those guys are going to be there I'll I'll play music for them can I play some music?" and I was like "Yeah sure whatever" well like an hour later one of his friends evidently he told they said "Hey if he's going to be there can I uh can I play?" and so like within a day I had like eight artists so I was like "Well I guess I'll make it to the party" cuz I just thought my philosophy was Wait! 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 Wait!
0: Wait! Wait! I'm surprised the doc has interjected here. Okay, so he's a great I know, that, it, I know that this seems re- realistically like ah, no big deal for you, but you you literally invited five people over to your house that then created a chain reaction. That went from oh, I'll have a few people over for dinner to have this full blown party. Like yeah, just <laughs> soak in that for a minute. Like that's that's
2: wild. Well, we would have thirty or forty people at our Christmas party, maybe fifty tops. So I'll, I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna have a party, I'm gonna have more people than we had at our dang Christmas party. <laughs> But these are—I don't want a Christmas party where it's my couple of friends. Oh, whoa, poor cow, blah blah blah. So I was like, "This is going to be a launch your new year." Like, this is a new year. Let's launch it. So I called it the log cabin launch party. So I have a log cabin. So like, and um, and it's really just like I travel all the time. I meet tons of people, but you know, you just when you're going constantly, you don't get to reconnect with people. So it's really just like I'm going to reconnect with all my friends. You know, invite all my friends I meet. So I did. I put them in a. In an event, uh, and said, "Hey, come over log cabin launch party." Two weeks later, I had 150 of my friends over, and I had we had a bunch of artists singing and people telling stories. I was like, "Hey, you got a fascinating story? Tell your story." It wasn't really any master plan behind it. It was just like a bunch of my friends getting together, and then out of that, I was like, "Man, this is one of the coolest things I ever did," and it was just like a moment of accomplishment of seeing all my friends and their lives and all this, and so. I the next day, a lot of people, and after that, um, uh, after that, I was literally like for the next three months, never heard anything else about it, like, didn't think about it. I was just off doing my thing, and then all of a sudden, it was crazy. One day, I walked into Dark Horse Studio in Franklin. And
0: now, now, before you get to that, I have a quick question because one of the things that is important is you're, you're just recently divorced. You had this, this big party. You had 150 people there, obviously a lot of in, ad, adrenaline, dopamine, like just living this high. And then all of a sudden, like it's completely silent. Was there a part of you that in some way tied in, you know, all of that, that pain and that low loneliness and things of that nature that you might've been going through at that time with, Oh, I guess, you know, I guess, I guess other people don't care about me either. Like, what, was there anything that you felt in that moment when you weren't getting that gratification of of knowing what that connection was like? Because it just seems like a roller coaster. It's like this big high and then
2: nothing. You know, I no, I I think I went to the gym. I didn't go to the bar. I went to the gym. I didn't go to you know, like I went to to. I did. I was reading. I was like constantly filled my mind with like I'm going to become basically it was like motivation. Like I'm going to become so awesome that you'll regret leaving me. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was, (laughs) you know? Like, I don't know, but okay. (laughs) Okay. I can dig
0: that. I'm sure the doc can dig that. Oh yeah.
2: Like, oh yeah, I'm going to live the most awesome life ever. And then you will And maybe at that moment now that, you know, shortly that dissipated, that's not my motivation, but at that moment, that's probably what was my factor of like, you know what? you know and because all through my life always been the underdog and so every time people don't believe what we pull off no one everybody everything we go with me and my brother when we pull something off we always come up with these crazy dreams and everybody's like nah it ain't gonna happen happen." and then we do it and then they're like so it's always fuel when people think i can't do something then it's like oh yeah just wait and see (laughs) you know like Uh
1: so uh that's how I am.
2: It shouldn't be, but it's kind of like a source of like gratification. Like I love doing things everybody else says you can't do, you know. And so, uh, but so basically, three months later, I walked in the studio, and there's a guy in there, and he's playing the violin, and he stopped, and he goes, "Hey, Kyle, man, what's up?" He goes, "Hey, I just want to let you know because of your party, I got six gigs." And I was like, "Dude, that's cool!" Dang. Like I was like, "Dude, that's cool." And that was it. It was just like, "Hey, it's good to see you." The next day I was in Costco. Dude walked up. He's like, cow cow It's just randomly. I just happened to be in Franklin. And he goes, Man, I just want to let you know I met this guy at your party and we've been working on the screenplay together. And I and he and I was like, Oh man, that's cool. The next day, and the next day, and the next day. I mean, all of a sudden, every single day I heard from somebody and uh I was like, Huh, that's like it was out of I mean I hadn't heard anything for months and all of a sudden every single day and at the end of the about a week uh I, I one of my friends said hey i'm running for city councils come by my thing i got tim allen's brother's gonna be there or something like that so i thought "Ooh, that's cool i will swing by so anyway i, I went down because uh and i saw a guy that i had met most everybody at my party were people i knew there was one guy that that I met, and I know exactly at the door. I said, "Hey, we talked for like 15 minutes," and he was a uh, grew up as a missionary kid in in uh, the Philippines, and he was like, he's trying to develop a million acres in the Philippines that that the government gave back to the people, and the people trusted him, and so he's, he so it's just crazy stories. So anyway, fascinating guy, and so he said, "Hey, you want to go to dinner with us?" And so I was like, "Yeah, sure." So I'm sitting there and they're at Giovanni's little Italian place and I'm sitting there and they go into this business meeting about the socio-economic development of the Philippines. And I have no clue, like, why the heck? (laughs) Like, I thought we were coming to hang out when people say, Hey, you want to go grab dinner? And so they're in the, so I'm just sitting there, you know, I'm in the entertainment business. I'm just sitting there and I'm literally just eating my, I, I say my hellos and then that's it. They're talking for half an hour and then he stops and he goes, you want to know why you're here? And I was like, I don't know. Be nice. You know, seems how I'm in the internet. I don't
0: know nothing about the geopolitical scale, but sure. Enlighten me.
2: (laughs) I said, do you need a documentary or something? He goes, no, maybe in the future. But he goes, I just want to let you know, because of your party, I reconnected with him who introduced me to him, who introduced me to him, who introduced me to him. We're all sitting here working on changing the world because of your party. He goes, you need to have another party. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, so I took everybody in the group. Hey, I'm having another party. And if you know somebody cool, bring them. And that was it. That turned into 200 to 300 to 500. And then my house, seven. you know, like they kept growing. Because every time I was like, well, then after a certain port, I had a stack of business cards this high. And then 30, 40 people asked me like, hey, can we go grab dinner or something? And I was thinking like, man, I'll never get, it'd be great to have a lot of free dinners, but I'll never get any work done. So anyway, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to invite, like, this is like after three parties or so. Uh, I I said, you know what? I'm just going to invite a bunch of people and I'm going to get a little private room. So I called the restaurant. I was like, and they said, we got 24 seats. So I was like, okay. So I, I put a message out on Facebook in Messenger, I said, there's a secret dinner. You don't know where it's at or who's going to be there, but you know why. Share, connect, change your world. Are you in or out? And they all said, I'm in. And that started, and uh, and we got together, and 25 people, we just sit there, and, and we had the best night ever. And it was just like, they just told their stories, and everybody met each other. No one at that table had ever met but I had met, all of them. And so, they had all become friends. And, um, and then... Uh, that was it, I was like, you know what? That was so awesome. I was like, I'm gonna always go to dinner with somebody. I might as well just see. So I posted, I took everybody from my event page, from my party, put them in a secret Facebook group, and I said, Dinner with Dreamers, it's, this is a secret, so people couldn't even search for it. It just doesn't even exist. And uh, and then I put, I put it out Thursday at seven, Dinner with Dreamers, are you in? And I thought, if nobody responds, I'll just have this group for my parties and I won't worry about it. And all of a sudden I turn my phone down and then it goes, bing, bing, bing. And I look and it says, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And with- so, so Kyle,
0: I, I want to interject there because uh- one of the things that I've always been curious to to want to know, and I'm, I'm sure the doc has a couple of questions too. Um, did it ever occur to you or do you think that it ever would have came into fruition if, you know, arguably for a lot of people, one of the most single most traumatic experiences that they can have uh, being divorced, that it would lead to what you manifested in with this Dinners with Dreamers. Would there ever have been a Dinners with Dreamers if Kyle Saylor's wouldn't have gotten divorced?
2: Now, w- definitively, I say now, now at the moment, you know, it was the best moment of my life like when everything fell to the ground, it was because I reassessed myself. It wasn't just like, oh, whoa, you, oh, throw stones at her. I was like, I had to have a part of it. I'm part of the marriage. So what did I do wrong? And how do I, and instead of pouring it into woe is me, I I found through dinner dreamers, I, I was helping other people. And then it was like, it was like healing, you know, it was like, I didn't care. I didn't care about myself or whatever. I was doing this. Even somebody asked is kind of famous. They said, why why are you doing this, Kyle? Like, you know, people are just coming to meet your friends. And I was like, exactly. Like, (laughs) like, that's that's the point. I lived in LA for seven years when people never introduce you to anybody. They say, oh no. And so it was a rebellion against the LA mindset of like hoarding life, hoarding your connections. It was like, I don't care. you're my friend, you're my friend, and y'all can help each other. Why do I care? Like I can, I've I've run out of hours and I'm always like on this grand mission since I was a little kid. I want to do great things in the world, like, you know, and change the world. And some of them I failed and some of them I do good. And, but like, I figure if, if these people can meet and they can go off and write a book or they can go off and make a movie or they can go off, And they help each other then i've increased my impact in the world without doing anything other than having dinner
1: being a service
2: yeah so
0: doc we're out of time once again you've just been soaking it in like a sponge i'd love to give the last question to you or any question that you may have for kyle before we get out of here
1: oh i don't have a question because i know who this is i'm i'm just saying it you know my gift is glimpses inside of other people's greatness. And so I'm just gonna put it out there. First of all, you're hitting all the marks, checking all the boxes. Um, First of all, of course, he's right. And And I'm that same way. I don't believe anyone can steal your blessing. And you cannot steal somebody else's. People used to say that to me. Why are you training people on how to use thumb tech to get paid speaking gigs? Especially ones that live in Chicago where you're at. That's your competition. I said, look, I ain't in competition with nobody but time. Because that is the only competitor that's going to whoop my ass like it has everybody else that's ever lived. So that was quite, quite impressive. But I'm going to say something else about you. Because this topic today, the title, the why, you know, what living your why. Kyle gets it. His why is, I believe, the same why I have. The one that you find at the end of the word legacy. Because to write that word out, you need all of those letters. And the Y is the last one. You you earn, learn, and, and cry your way, crawl your way, all the way to the end of that word, through your journey. And then I know that your gift, Kyle, is that you're a conduit. You are like a switchboard operator for the law of attraction. You are, and it's a beautiful thing because what he's doing is when he said like that mindset in L.A., those are people that network. Networking is the clinking of cocktail glasses and the passing of paper cards. Working the net, a biblical term, is what makes us fishers of men. Mm. You know, working That's the net.
0: come up with God's cowboy. No one ever asked me why God's cowboy jacks. And it's because for me, I believe that I'm a wrangler of souls. I right? right. meant, meant to herd the souls into like whatever direction. So I'm herding them into Kyle and then Kyle's creating the conduit, you know, that's, that's getting them out accordingly. And you're enlightening them along the way. Well, Kyle, we want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, we, we always run out of time. We'll have to have you come back on, but if there's definitely someone out there that's thankfully living their why, we glad. we're very glad that you are. We'll be back with our final thoughts right after this. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the Heartbeat in relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And our series, Thankfully Living Your Why, has been amazing up until this point. And we just had Kyle Sailors on with the episode, Dreams Living Reality. Doc, it, it seemed like you were already getting into that Doc headspace, uh, moving into final thoughts and thoughts of that nature and, and paying honor to Kyle right off the bat. What, uh, you know, what is, what are your thoughts? Like, think about this whole extensive journey up into this point,
1: right? Kyle is Kyle anoint- is anointed. Kyle is anointed.
0: Okay so for us slow bus people out there
1: can can you explain what does that mean what anointed is That means gifted that means you know each one of us has that thing that we do better than anybody that mm-hmm. we have ascended to through all kinds of shit and sludge and and all kinds of things you know I was literally jealous When he described how he can just let go of things because I know that I have drug things behind me like a ball and chain, like those cans on the back of an old car saying just married for decades, decades, only to find out when I decided and chose, like the therapist told them, you have a choice. When I chose that, I didn't want that anymore. I found out they weren't even connect. They weren't tied to me or anything. Mm. you know i mean i was like what because you know when you don't get it it feels like it's a literal chain link and then when yeah. you do get it you see it was not even spider web all you had to do well, was go and, like this you know yeah i'm just me i'm i'm skeptical right like
0: when when i first heard you about like be. how he deals with stuff and 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 the way that he just moves on and the mm-hmm. process like i was like you know this is before knowing him and seeing him living it I've seen him live it consistently. I think we've been friends for probably six or seven years now. And he made a believer out of me. Mm. I passed judgment because I was like, there's no way, there's no way that you can't carry something. There's no way that you don't have to go through this process, you know? And that's why I really wanted to dig in with some of the questions today to pick his brain because it is, it, it's, it's a living miracle, right? And, and to me, it is dreaming in, in living reality. Like him of himself, the manifestation of himself. Forget the dinners with dreamers, which is epic in and of itself, but just talking about the man and the choices that he made after nine years with this woman. You know, that's no flash in the pan and I, I'm, it
1: just blows me away. Well, you know, Jax, it's what we all should do. Listen, Go like he and he said this on the top part uh, at the very front end of the interview. You know, it's never about just one thing. He alluded to that, and you hear me say that all the time. It is never about just one thing. And when you know that through and through, no matter what comes up, you can find the matching piece that makes it what it is meant to be. And so I'm just really encouraged, and i you see, you know why I wrote his name down on that post-it note because instantly, yeah, I was like, he does documentaries. You saw on my page, we just announced officially yesterday, the Romania trip through the State Department of the United States State Department is in, it is there. And I'm like, we get to put together our own documentary crew. So you know what I'm thinking, Dinner with Dreamers, Need I say more? And oh. again, but again. And, and wait a minute. Hey, Don't wait, forget wait, wait. your partner here is a, a producer. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You got stuff to do. Look, look at his face. He's serious too. But what I'm saying is this. That same. The Velcro. That spiritual Velcro. Ethereal Velcro. That makes people stick to Kyle is exactly what people look for when they bring him in on their projects. It is, that's what everybody should know. Find that thing that you know comes through you. you don't, when it comes through you, you don't have to sit down and come up with shit. You just have to believe, which means you see it, which means you dream it, and then you manifest it because you don't have to know where all the moving pieces will come from you just have to know where the ones that are required of you are being kept are you a good steward when you put your best into anything something out there whatever you call it god uh source universe takes care of all the rest and that's why i'm not surprised but so excited about what he talked about here today trauma is never going to ride in or out of our lives alone. It's too much of a coward. So anything that is untowards that happens, no, look over your shoulder, look at the rubble, look at the crime scene tape and crawl under it. Go back and lift up whatever has taken up the most space because at the same time as your trauma, when it came into play, so did a future blessing. It was born into the process of becoming. It's waiting on you to take it across the finish line, so
0: final thoughts doc it is that's beautiful and beautiful as always you know I, my final thoughts folks are that we've we've got to get to a place and i say this week after week in terms of finding that place of understanding right mm-hmm. you may not accept someone being divorced you may not even be able to fathom emotionally if, if you're connected to this person in, in more of an intimate way of, of why it happened and how it happened and all these other kinds of things. But the one thing that you need to understand is that that's a person, no matter what. And that person needs your love, your understanding, your compassion, your patience, all of these different kinds of things. In addition to that, I think what's really important to mention too, is that it's not the end of the road. Time after time, we have these benchmark moments in our life that we think, oh my God, if this doesn't manifest exactly the way that I want it to manifest, Mm. this is the end for me. I've done my best. There's nowhere else to go, right? And so a story like Kyle Sailors and Dinners with Dreamers proves to you that at the end of the day, no matter who you share your life with. It starts and ends with how you love and care and respect yourself. Amen. Until next time, I'm Cowboy Jax with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And we'll see you on the next episode of License for Love, the heartbeat in relationship conversations. All right, see you guys soon. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels-Harris. The Heartbeat in Relationship Conversation.